0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Unstructured. Today, I'm super thrilled to have a guest on, somebody I've wanted to have on since before I even started the podcast, Andrew Wehrlund. He is an audiobook narrator and therefore automatically a hero of mine. I have had many, many hours just taken up with audiobooks, running, um, driving, doing yard work. I'll be hitting the lawn and... Many hours with Andrew's voice in my ear. So I'm excited to have everybody meet you, Andrew. Cool. Nice to be here. Now, I imagine that you haven't always been an audiobook narrator. What, what brought you to this?
1: So as a, as a kid, as a teenager in high school and all that, I thought I would want to be a DJ. I thought that was going to be what I was going to do, be a DJ. So up here um, where I am, there was I don't know if it was nationwide or not, but there was a Columbia School of Broadcasting. So that was a big thing back in the 70s and 80s and in the early 90s. So I spent a couple grand after I got out of high school and after I came back home from being in the service and uh, got a announcing, radio announcing certificate. It's, it's like a home study, but they actually had a studio here in Fairfax, up uh, here in Northern Virginia. Uh, so I would go there and meet with the guy and we'd go over stuff and then you would send your actual tape to wherever, California or somewhere. And the guy would grade it and he would send it back with another tape and his notes. Um, but that never really took off. I was playing 19 or so when I did that, 20 and i realized that just wasn't the life i wanted because there's a lot of moving around and i don't know radio that well but in doing the research i could do back then it just wasn't something i wanted to do so i just fell into you know college and the normal thing and then i met my wife way back in 90 and things went their own way so it kind of got put aside until about 2012 when i decided to uh, i'd finished everything i'd finished grad school and i had time with my my job to have days off so i said well maybe now's a good time so in the house we have a a basement. Oops, sorry. It's a work phone that I have to keep on. <laughs> um, we had, a, um, we had a, um, a basement back room, or a downstairs back room. And that room had a closet, which was just full of crap. So I was able to empty all the crap out, take the shelves out, um, do a little research. Um, thank God for the internet, you know, and uh, figure out what I needed to make the room sound right. Uh, basic equipment. I got to use computer uh, from an auction, the Rasmus auctions, you can get stuff there. They always have stuff, so I gotta use computer through that. I went to um a coach up here, a guy named Mike Minatry, who's a voiceover coach and just like straightforward voiceover. Hmm. And he told me what I needed, the basics. So I went to a guitar center, which we have a few of them up here, and I bought a two hundred dollar uh AK I think AKG Perception two hundred twenty mic and a $150 uh, M box, <clears throat> excuse me, audio interface, and did a little research. Bought a Sony Soundforge, it was like 80 bucks, you know, and, uh, you know, the basics and got everything set up the best I could back then and found ACX through, again, more research. So I said, you know what, this sounds kind of cool. Well, I like reading. I read to the kids and all the different voices and stuff like that, which is really kind of a great training ground. And I, Found what they had back there. And ACX had just started back then. Uh, before that, you kind of pretty much had to know people or publishing houses. And um, and it, of course, it helps these days, obviously. But back then, if before ACX, if you didn't have that in, you kind of didn't have an in unless now, you knew somebody.
0: Now, what is ACX? I know what it so, is, but
1: for the audience. Sure, yeah. So Amazon, which, you know, owns most of the world at this point, has uh, Audible. Uh, they own Audible. And if you didn't know, that's who owns Audible. Because if you go, if you get credits on Audible and you have Amazon, Amazon Prime, you go to Amazon to buy something and you'll notice if you look at audiobooks, your credits that you have on Audible are also on, on, on Amazon. So you could be the one. And uh, I, I found ACX and found out it was part of the, you know, Amazon Empire. And it stands for Audiobook Creation Exchange. And in that, you, it's, a, it's a marketplace for people who have books, who want to hook up with people like me who read the books, who narrate them. And back in 12, it had just been around for, I think, I want to say six, seven months. It was barely, it wasn't even a year old when I found it in the, in the mm. early, early winter of 2012 is when I started doing all this. So I found that and um, I was like, oh, this is this kind of cool. So looking at it, set up an account and threw out a bunch of, not a bunch, a few auditions and got my first book. I don't remember how many auditions in I had put, but uh, uh, there's a woman named Jacqueline Druga and she's fairly prolific. She writes mostly post-apocalyptic type, stu- type stuff, which is, you know, my vein, I guess. And uh, she gave me this book called Then Came War. And that was the first book I got. And it came out in June of 2012. So that was my first. So here we are in April of 2018. So in less than six years, I've got 103 titles out there. Wow. Wow. Uh, Almost all, not all in my own name. I have a pseudonym I use for other, a certain other genre of books, but I like to try and keep that as a different brand. And I don't even tell anybody about it. It's like a secret. My wife knows obviously and a couple of close friends, but <laughs> it's a whole, it's a whole other genre because it sells well. Um, sure. Kind of Romance. it is. But I use, I, I use a different name and I don't, I don't uh, advertise it too much. And I, I rarely mention it as me um, anywhere else. So. That's basically the story, and over time, of course, as I started to get more books and and sales, uh, you know, for me, were you know, I'm, I think I'm blessed with the sales. I'm not a superstar by any stretch, but I think I've done well. Um, and I was able to get you know nicer equipment, better microphones, fix up my room. So pretty much, if I quit doing this today, you know, I'd be in the black. Wow, I wouldn't be I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be in any debt. I, uh, the audiobooks have have paid for trips. You know, help pay for car payments, the down payments on a car. I mean, I, I, it's it's been. I've been pretty lucky, so another nine years of the grind, and then hopefully I can just do this full-time.
0: Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So the bigger your um, back catalog accumulates, I imagine the more you get in the end, correct? You still get earlier sales? Yeah, I still get them unless there's a
1: a change, and we're still not the seven-year point. Usually it's a seven-year agreement, so uh, when I get to that point, we'll see what happens, but I think nothing happens unless you... The author, the rights holder, chooses to make something different happen or, or end it. I guess, but if you do nothing, I guess nothing happens. You still get the royalty, royalty split. So if whatever the books sell for, mm-hmm. you get, we get half, and then I get half of that half, uh, or, or there, or thereabouts. It's it's a little different. Um, so yeah, it can add up. If you get big sales, then yeah, it can add up uh, over time pretty quick. I. I've I don't know all the sales numbers I have because some of the books are paid for, for finished hour books, which means I get books eight hours, a couple hundred bucks an hour. I mean, I get 1600 bucks. Um, okay. Those are nice to get because that's a guaranteed payment. And I have a few like that. Um, but the vast majority of my books are royalty share, which is fine with me because, again, I don't I don't I, I have a pretty good job. It pays well. My wife gets, has a pretty good job. We, we do fine. So anything I get is like extra. So I do the I do the royalty shares generally now only for people with whom I've been working with. I don't take any Uh, new ones. Pretty much. It'd have to be a really promising looking book because it is nice to get those residuals. It's, 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 you know, a few hundred dollars a month, sometimes more. Um, and it's nice, but it's a lot of work. And if you don't uh, get paid and it doesn't sell well, then you've you've spent eight hours putting together or longer. It's about two to three hours per finished hour. So you could spend 24 hours putting together an eight hour book Okay, it yeah, sells, you know, 25 copies. So if you might net, you know, if you're lucky, 50, 100 bucks out of all that effort and it's not worth it. Whereas you get the finished hour book. It doesn't matter what it sells. If it doesn't sell two copies, you still got paid 150, 200, 225 dollars an hour in the end. Um, and you don't get any cut of the sales, but who cares? Because
0: you've probably made out. So your um, your average is about three hours then per um, recorded hour, two to three, two to three. Okay. Two to three. It
1: depends on the book. It depends on the material. It depends on, um, I mean, like with Jake's stuff, it's probably two to one, um, because I I source out some of it, but generally I do it all myself. Which some of the, the better audiobook narrators, the bigger ones, don't do. They read like a guy like R C Bray or Sean Ryan. I'm sure they just do it and send it, and then somebody else will and will edit it. They'll just do the corrections. Somebody else will master it. They they don't do anything but read. You know, they read the book their performance, make any fixes for any boo-boos, and then they're done. Whereas I am sort of uh, cheap. I do it all myself. I'm pretty good at it. I don't make, uh, people will argue against it and that's fine. You can think what you want, but I, I do a very good job of proofing my books. Sometimes I've had my wife do them. Um, she's good. She's got an eye for detail, but I pretty much catch every mistake. It's 106 books, 103 books, and I don't, I've never had a complaint about something like that.
0: Um, same, <coughs> same thing with the mastering, the sound. How do you go about it? Um, like when recording, like one guy I saw used a a dog clicker, like when he made a mistake so, or something, you go click, yeah. and then spike on the timeline. Do you do anything like that? I used to. It, it's it's an evolution. So you know, everybody thinks, oh, it's so oh, it's reading books so easy. You know, you just
1: <laughs> read a book. I love reading books. You know, yeah, of course, oh, sure you do, and it can be. But I w- sometimes I wish I could do other types of voiceover, and I've done some other types of coaching, um, but. It's hard with a full time job, and you know some you have to do some maybe some acting stuff. And I've done some of that, and I've done coaching online with Pat Fraley and Johnny Heller, who's another big name in the audiobook world. I've done a in person master class with him that was local a couple of years ago, which was awesome. And I'd like to do another one when I can. Um, but right now, my niche and my time is better focused on what makes money, and that's the audiobook. So it's evolved from you know the cheap microphone, the cheap interface, to, and and the old PC to equipment, knowledge, experience, software over the time. So when I first started, um, I would, I think I, I think I used to like clap. If I made a mistake, I'd like that. And it would, in the wave form in the program I used then, um, would mark it. You'd see it. That's obvious. It's just a big mark. And then I'd listen to it and you'd have to pull out all those mistakes. And it was, it was tedious. It took forever. Um, eventually I got a program called Twisted Wave, which all I have to do is, um. Hit the M on my keyboard in here, and it marks it the red mark. But I don't. But then I've gotten to the. But that was before Twisted Wave. Lots of people in this universe, and if you, if you want to learn stuff, you know, you can learn it online. So there's a guy named Stephen um, J. Cohen, who is an, another really good audiobook narrator and coach, I think, and he's a pretty smart guy. He put together a program, a script that you can install on your Mac, because the Twisted Wave is only for Mac. And that allows you to do something called punch and roll, which is really what people need to do. Um, any other way is tedious and hard, and you can more, make, more easily make mistakes. Punch and roll, so if I read the, you know, he said, come here, but I accidentally read it, like, she said, come here. Oops. So I stop it, move the cursor, you know, move the line back before the she said, and hit, hit a, a, a pre-command on it. And from, in my case, it's command P. It rolls back 10 seconds or less and starts before the air, So I'm listening to what I read and then the air, then it starts recording and then I take it off. He said that, you know, come here. So you do it that way. That's so cool. The time. Yeah. And that's when you're done. So when you're done, if it's a 20 minute chapter, it's a 20 minute chapter. And then you're going to prove it later. You might, make a, you might make a mistake or two and fix it. You might make none. The old way, a 20 minute chapter could be 40 minutes of of, of audio that I would have to go back, look for those marks and because I would make the mistake and I would just have to hit the mark and then read it again and keep going, hopefully not make a bunch. And sometimes it looked like somebody, you know, cut their throat across the screen because there was so much red. <laughs> I would make mistakes. Yeah, it's tedious. It's tedious. I mean, it's It's a lot of work. People
0: don't realize how much work it is. Oh, I just, um, I challenge anyone who doesn't think it's a lot of work. Just sit down and read one chapter of one book out loud into a tape recorder. Doesn't matter. I dare you. Mm-hmm. I yeah, dare make you.
1: No, and make no <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> and then and then if you do make and then if you do make a mistake, just, you know, snap your fingers and keep reading and then at the end of it, see how long that is. Because that's that's why it takes so long because of the mistakes we all make fixing it. And again, I, I spend more time doing things. I could I could afford to probably farm it out. And, you know, sometimes I think I should just to increase my production rate. But right. at this point in my life and this point in my audiobook career, I, I don't need to. I, I don't I just don't have to. I can do it. If I did this full time, I would do it. Um, because then I could, obviously, I could do a lot more books. I could probably do an eight-hour book probably in three or four days max. Um, usually, what I, I spend a lot of my Saturday mornings and Sunday afternoons and then an hour here or there during the week doing books. Uh, I just finished one this morning and sent it off, but for that one, all I have to do is do it. It's one of those good ones, and I'll get paid for that one. Not a lot, because it's not a lot. It's, it's a male part of a, two, a male and female story. It's a couple hours, a couple hundred bucks, but it didn't take that long. Hmm. Um, the next, the next book I'm currently working on that I had to set aside for a minute is the uh, next rogue book by Jake Bible, uh, the paradox slaughter, which is fun. It's fun. It's fun to read, but you know, I'll finish reading a chapter. In fact, I've got six chapters or seven chapters sitting in the queue that I got to edit that I got to go through, listen to catch all the mistakes. And then I have to fix them and then I can go on to the next part of the book. And then when I, I try to do three to four chapters at a time, because if you want to sit there and listen to a whole book. It can be a long, tedious project because if you imagine it, I'm reading the book to pre-read it. Then I read it into the audio and then I listen to it again as I'm reading it again. So when I'm done with the book, I've read it three times usually. Okay. I was wondering if
0: you um, read the entire book before you did anything. I used to not. um,
1: And I still don't sometimes, which is a bad thing. I really should read the book. Um, Again, if it's a new book, new author, then I will. If it's somebody I know in a universe, like the Jake bible universe again I know the, the the galactic fleet universe he's created um I know the, the the universe I know the planets the people the types of species of creatures and the I just do a quick sort of glancing pre-read in case I need to know about the voice because it's the voice you don't want to get to the end of the book you know and it might say it might say nothing I haven't had this happen, but there are horror stories where a person will read a whole book you know two hundred fifty pages you know six hours whatever, and they'll get to the last chapter and the, the character's voice has been like mine right now but in the last chapter it, it, there could be one thing that says you know and then john said in his classic scottish brogue you know and then you're screwed
0: <laughs> that was one question i actually had down for you um, mm-hmm. only it was irish brogue <laughs> yeah irish scottish uh it, whatever
1: it is or no, or, or
0: the russian or,
1: <laughs> or yeah whatever and people have done that they've made that mistake and oh, so God. i make sure to go through the book any book still to make sure there's not something Ahead of time. That's if it's a new character. Um, that's not there that I've missed. You know, Ru- Zandry has a lot of Russians in his books, um, and all kinds of different foreign, you know, foreign, um, foreign nationalities. So I, I definitely have to go through his to make sure there's not one that will catch me like that, my pants down, like oh Jesus. And that's a lot of time wasted. So as as they say, time is money. So yeah, I've wasted my time, and it's nothing more frustrating.
0: Do you study accents or go to a voice coach for any of that? No, um, you know.
1: kind of. I've kind of like blindly stumbled my way through this and I guess I've done well. And I've always been this, I've always been kind of good with that stuff since I was a kid with accents and silly voices and stuff like that. I have gone online though. To, uh, YouTube is an amazing resource uh, to to find out not just the technical side of this, but the, you know, the, the, the acting side of it, like for accents and for, Pronunciations. There's a site called Forvo that does pronunciations. I mean, you can find pronunciations in a lot, of spot, uh, a lot of spots. But if you want to do accents, there's a ton of... You just type into YouTube, you know, whatever accent you're looking for, and you'll find it. Um, and it's it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, you can study it and study it. Fortunately, most books... I've only done one series. Two series. One series that had British characters. They're, they're just generic British. I'm not trying to get, you know, it's a Welsh accent or something like that. I just do the... <laughs> the, the, the you know, just the the generic British character who talks like you all expect them to talk and nothing, you know, just change pitch for different people, obviously. But, um, one book had a fairly prominent Scottish guy, a black Scot, with a, a black guy, big black guy with Scottish accent. So I had to figure out how to do that one. And that was, that was a hard one. Um, but too, not too often are they, um, difficult, fortunately.
0: When you're doing your character, Oh, uh, good. Um, when you're doing your characterizations, do you, um, kind of do a light touch? Where you're just a softly implying attitude, or do you get full into it? Depends. Uh, it depends. I I, I try. To, I
1: tend to get fully into the the, the character. I mean, I, I'm not a method guy or whatever. I don't. You know, I've never. Stu- my, <laughs> degrees, my degrees. My degrees are in English and in public administration, so I don't have like an acting degree. Um, but yeah, I just go with what I feel. You know, I go with my gut on these guys. Um, I'm going to this year take a coaching course with a guy named um uh, I think James Foster's his name and he has a thing called fostering characters which is um as I understand it's really good for bringing out your characters for for studying it's a study because my work phone again it's never off uh so you have to uh you, it depends everybody's different i i just kind of get into them depending on the type of book it is type of person what their what their job is you know what it's all that goes into how i do them um I mean, there's slight differences in some, like the Vincent Zandri books. So there are a lot of them are private, you know, Vince Moonlight and, um, let's you the guy, Steve Jobs, who's not a detective, but he's, uh, that's a new book I just got today from Zandri, the next, uh, the next Steve Jobs book, which people seem to like. He's a work, he works for the insurance company or something in New York. Everything's around Buffalo and Albany, Albany. So he's one that's not a detective, but a lot of them are for up from up there. And there's, there's, there's three detectives. There's, um, well, they're not detectors, too. Vince Moonlight and, um, damn it, I can't remember the guy's now off the top of my head, but they're, but they're all from Albany. Everybody's from Albany. <laughs> so, you know, I looked and there's not really a great Albany accent that I'm going to try and pull off. So I just keep them generic. I kind of change their attitude or the swagger in their voice or maybe the pitch, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it depends on the book. Do you get much direction from the author? No. And I won't take any. If that's the kind of author they want to be, then I'm out because there's a, um, a woman named Karen commons has a wonderful website uh, that has links to a ton of FAQs answered FAQs about audiobooks. Um And in that she has some of that about there is slight directions. One thing I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, but when you get, once you give the book to the, to the uh, narrator, you know, it's now our book because it's now my turn. You're not an, you're not an actor. You're not a voice actor. You're a writer. You wrote it. Now it's my turn to interpret it. And if in that, when you do the two ACX, cause I've only done a couple outside ACX. They're like through publishers or through audio company. One was from B audio and uh, actually it was B audio, but they have some direction and that's fine. But <clears throat> excuse me. In the first 15 minutes you turn in, when you do the book, you get a first 15, oh, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. And that's when the person can say, I'm not sure I like it that read though. And then, okay, you okay. get that's Then I can, I'll, I'll, I'll readjust it. But, Going back to Karen Commons, she has a site, and on that site there's a link to a video by Colin Firth, uh, who's done, like, he was in the Bridget Jones movies, and he's, he's you know, a very good actor. And he talks about that process, that this is now ours, it's mine to interpret your words, and you have to let me go, but you, you have, I've heard horror stories where, you know, the author would try to microman. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So I'll, you know, I'll, we'll kill the contract. And it's never happened to me. There was one author I work with who I won't name, nice guy. His books are, you know, they, they they've sold okay. Um, But he was, he was a little bit like that. Oh, this is, this is the scene. He has to be like this, you know, this is, he's excited. You know, I'm like, okay, I I, I get it. You know, <laughs> he didn't do it too much. Just enough that it kind of annoyed me. Um, But not too much. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's not something a rights holder should do. They have, they can give you some general thoughts, but I'm not going to, they're not there to direct. I'm, I'm not even with you. I'm not there. You know, they're not going to sit in on me as I read the book. I'm not about to do an hour of audio and then submit it every day or two so they can review it and decide if they like it or not. Once you've given me the book, it's mine and I'm going to do it the best I can in a way that I think works. So far for me, that's worked. I haven't had any issues and when we get it, we get to a bridge one day that we might cross where that
0: happens and I'll see how I react, but I
1: won't, I don't think I would do it. I would just probably back out.
0: Well, that first 15 you were talking about, sounds like there they could say, that's not quite the voice I had in my head or, or they whatever. They could, yeah, and they
1: could. But then again, you know, the audition also gives them some insight into that. You know, they, you do an audition, usually they're five minutes or less. Sometimes they're longer and I try not, if they're longer, I'll cut them down to a five minute. Like sometimes you'll get like a whole, you get the whole book <laughs> that, they, that they post for the audition. I'm like, I'm not reading the whole book, right? Not right now. I'll, I'll glance through it real quick. Um, but you look at that and say, well, let me pick this scene out. Or they or they usually have scenes. I did, a, I did a couple of auditions in the last couple of days where they've had scenes. And they'll give you the gist. He's 30s. He's from here. He, she's 30s. He's 40s. He's an older guy. Okay, 11-year-old girl. Okay, fine. That's easy. And then you just pick the, how you want to read it. And then you read it. And then if they like it, they'll pick you. And if they don't like it, obviously, you don't get the job. And if they do pick you, then you have another short period of time to do that first 15. And then from there... Pretty much once they accept that first 15, that's it. You've, you've accepted it. Now you're going to sit back and wait till I'm finished with the book. And when I'm finished with the book, I do one of two things. Depends on the author. And I, and, I, and I do like to work with them. So what I do is one of two things. Some authors don't give a damn. They'll just say, turn it, you know, make it sound pretty and upload it to ACX. So the, to that final platform. And they're happy with it. Some authors will, just because we've worked in a way that, that I have a Dropbox or a Google Box or a, what do you call it, a... A box account i'll create a file of the book share it with them and then when i'm done with the book before i've mastered it i upload it to them and i let them listen and it accomplishes hmm. two things number one they just get to see what they're getting and number two sometimes they they proof it again for me and it's like uh, a, a free way of getting the book proof because i've already proofed it once they got it. i've already proofed it and made my corrections and every now and then they might catch something so i'm like oh so it's kind of a, a free way for me to, to get them to <laughs> Because if especially if it's a royalty share and I'm not getting anything unless the book sells, you know, I'm like, I don't have a problem with that. Here, you, you're you're having me do your book for nothing, right? Uh, so the least you could do is maybe proof it on the on the on the backside a second time. They don't necessarily know it's a second time. Maybe they do, but um, yeah, it seems to work, and I've done that with more than a few authors. Um,
0: and well, it helps works. everyone.
1: Yeah, okay. I mean, it gives them an idea of what they're getting, and it it doesn't it sounds. And I always tell them it doesn't sound good like it's going to sound when I master it. You know, so when it's when it's all said and done, it's going to sound even better. Uh, So, yeah, you you get
0: if you like it as it sounds, you're going to love it when it's done when I'm done. What do you recommend that um, authors provide for a narrator to get the best possible audition? A scene with a bunch of characters or an emotional thing? What would be
1: appropriate? Yeah, probably. It, depending on the type of book, you know, maybe a characters, an action. Like if you, if you have a sci-fi or something like that, then you probably, I think an action scene is good. Or a small action scene, a couple minutes worth, and then a small character scene where there's some dialogue. Um, it's good to have a little bit of both. And there's nothing wrong with doing two or three scenes. A book I auditioned for the other day had, one, two, I think it had, one had two scenes. But the one I did before that had like five different scenes. But they were appropriate length. They were all short. So the whole audition in the end came out to like six or seven minutes. That's fine, um, and it's it gives that guy a, a a whole range to okay, this is sort of the omniscient narrator part, you know, and then this is some dialogue between these couple of main characters, and then these couple of main characters, and then this kind of scene with these main characters. So that's that's good. Um, but if it's just like a regular book, a regular fiction book, which to be honest, I'm not a fan of. I prefer some sci-fi or post-apocalyptic. Mm. Um, then. Uh, yeah, or I actually I like the mysteries and thrillers too. I mean, just like a regular fiction where, you know, the girl wakes up one day and thinks about her dead parents and wonders through life. I don't, I, that, that ain't me or, or, or the guy, the guy, um, it's for me, I need, I, I like some action. Uh, usually the post-apocalyptic books have that. Apocalyptic books have that. uh, mysteries and thrillers generally have that. And of course, sci-fi usually has that, um, to your fan ego. Of it. That, oh yeah. And the alter ego that does romances. I'm not a fan of romances. Um, what I'm a fan of is the money that the romances bring in. And, and romances do well. And there's all kind of weird romances out there. I mean, people, <clears throat> some I, and I would pretty much do any. It's a, you know, it's a pseudonym, so I don't care. But like this, this, <laughs> this, this shifter, this shifter romance, it, you know, it's amazing how much of that is out there and how popular it is. And I'm not talking about like Twilight with vampires. We're, lot, we're talking about guys who turn into dragons or big cats or stuff like that. People, women, I guess, mostly, but. They're, they really—it's a big genre, and it sells fairly decently. It's amazing how popular it is. Um, but romance, generally speaking, sells well. Um, Does it ever feel awkward reading
0: right the scenes?
1: Nah, it doesn't bother me. I, I, I can see where it would. I mean, uh, the one I just did today that I finished today—I work with a, with a woman who's uh, an expat. And she comes to me every now and then. Some of the authors like me and they like my voice so they, for that. And um, this one in particular had a, most, most of these romances have one or two really graphic sort of scenes because there's a difference. There's romance and then there's the erotica sexuality type. The romances are generally a story and they have what they call, they have to, and to be successful, generally they have to end e h e a. And I found, I didn't know what that was until the other day, frankly. It was happily ever after. So if a romance doesn't end uh, with a happily ever after, it's probably not going to do well because who the hell wants this couple mm-hmm. going through all kind of love and, ro- and, 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 and trouble. And in the end, you know, they still don't get together. Who cares? Um, so they, they have <laughs> to kind of have a happily ever after and some are fairly graphic and some are less graphic. Um, depends, but it's interesting how they're written and, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me at all. I kind of like reading them, <laughs> but it's <laughs> not something I would read normally. You know, if I were going to read a book, I'd read something like I listen to audiobooks all the time, Um, not just because I enjoy them, because I look at it as a form of research on how the the big names are doing it. Um, R.C. Bray, again, he's like one of the masters of this. He's amazing. And he has a number of great books. And I've listened to quite a few of them. Um, One of the most recent ones he's done is this. um, What's the name of the series? The first book is called Columbus Day. Expeditionary Force, mm-hmm. that's the series. Um, there's like five of them out now, four or five of them. And he's created a character in that book that's uh, Skippy the Magnificent. It's an AI. It's, a, it's, it's, not too, it's not too far in the future, but it's an off-planet sort of adventure. And the guy's from Boston who's kind of narrating the book. It's a first-person sort of book. Um, but his accents and all, he's just great. He's just, just one example. So I listen to guys like Kim. I listen to some of the bigger names um, and and mostly men. But, you know, that's how you who learn. You. Who ahead. are some of your vocal influences while we're on that? <clears throat> well, I listen to, I have to take a look at my app to it. Because I have a lot of the same. Let me look at my app. I have my phone in here. RC Bray is one. Uh, Sean Runyet is another. Uh, let's see here. Kevin Pierce is another big one I listen to a lot. Uh, he has sort of a nice sort of. Gentlemanly voice, if you will. Uh, Crap, I don't have my other... I have two Scott different Brick. audible counts. Scott Brick, no, but I know him. I, I've I've done a training class with him through Pat Fraley's course. So uh, listening to him, Pat Fraley's one actually does the evaluation. But he's he's another good one. Johnny Johnny Heller's a great one. Um, but I don't. I they're, they don't tend to do the books that I like, so I don't listen to them. Uh, okay. Um, you Let know they said. sometimes they do. Yeah, sometimes they do. But just. You know, I like you know, like I said, end of the world, EMP, let survival series books, zombie books, stuff like that. Is, is sci-fi some sci-fi books? That's kind of my what I enjoy listening to more than actually doing. Even so, those people are the ones I listen to a lot of. Uh, Bronson Pinchot, remember that guy from that show in the eighties back on ABC? Was called uh,
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He reads Larry Korea
1: stuff. Yeah, he's great. He he read uh, he uh, uh Nicholas Sansbury has a great series, the Extinction Cycle series. And um, that's a great series, and Bronson does. I mean, he's a great job. I mean, I've never met him. I'd love to. But uh, when you think about, he's not, Balky he's back from that show,
0: is he? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah he's he had a,
0: he's, a um, he's he had a home restoration television show on for a bit. Oh, did he? <laughs> recently?
1: Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know. I mean, I, I I didn't know. I you know, he's one of those guys you thought just disappeared after the show went off the air back in the you know I think it was in the mid eighties. Um, yep. What was the name of the Beverly show? Hills, but his name. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop, you know, I'm Serge, that guy. Yeah, that's the guy. And you think of him when he reads these books, you're like, that's the same guy. So he does a great job, and I'm sure he makes a lot of bank because I'm sure the big names like him and Bray and a few of the others are probably pulling down, and this is a guess, you know, five to $800 a finished hour, if not more. That's my guess. I don't know. But. They're probably doing okay. They're not, they're not on welfare for sure. They're doing well. And, and, and the best part is they just, they study the book and then they read it and somebody else does all the editing and mastering. They're just, they're just doing the part they got to do and sending it off because they're that good. Uh, It would be nice to get to that level. I'm not there yet. And that's part of, part of the problem is I think I don't go to enough of the events that exist. I mean, it's just time and money, mostly time. Every year they have APAC in New York, which is the um, Audio Publishers Association, I guess, convention or something. And it's actually going on now or in the next couple of weeks, uh, every spring where they have this, it's the same time as they have the big booksellers, publishers, whatever. And they have the APAC. They have the Audis, which is like the I don't know Oscars, Emmys of the book reading of the narration world. Uh, they all get together up there. And it's not far. I mean, I live right outside D.C., so it's not like a long trip, but that's a place where you would go meet other narrators as well as the publishers, get to know them, maybe drop a card, they get to know you and that kind of networking, you know, it is what it is. People, you get, you get what you get because sometimes the people, you know, uh, I've never done that and I probably should. But given my my time constraints with my real job, which is going to be a pain in the ass and, you know, family, two teen kids and my wife, you know, I got to I have to spend time with them. Part of me is like, you know, I, I'm luck, lucky enough that maybe I don't have to do that because this is not something I'm doing that will make or break us. You know, this is all, I guess I tell us, like, I call it play money because it's just extra money for a you know, sudden bill or like I say, trips. We do a lot of, you know, trips of stuff like that. I don't really buy any more equipment. I'm equipmented out. I don't have a giant mic locker anymore. <laughs> I don't need, I don't need it. You know, I, I got two mics that are great. Um, I have a nice monitor. I have a nice computer that still runs well that Mac from 2013, late, early 13 or late 12 I got after I started making some money and could afford to buy one. Um, has so far as a workhorse, it does a great job. Um, the audio interface I have is an, it's an Apollo, uh, twin, the, uh, the Apollo twin, the solo and a wonderful, one of the best you can get. Um, people, a lot of people for, for people like me in a, in a small environment, it's perfect. It's great. Does a great job. Um, and I've put other stuff together, you know, to make my, the camera that I have on, I just got in the last few months, uh, so I can do stuff like this or make my videos on YouTube. Um, I have a cordless mic in here, a cordless, um, keyboard. I have a trackpad. I have an iPad pro that I read from, uh, what else? Oh, that was the question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I read from the iPad pro. You can't use paper. I did have a regular iPad, but again, the perk of getting, of making money is you can afford to upgrade to some better stuff that makes the job easier. And then the easier it gets for you, the more you can do. and, you know, it's a cycle. <laughs> like with anything, you know. But the iPad Pro. Do you is use great. a teleprompting nice program or? No, I use something called Notability, and people, some people use iAnnotate. I think is another popular one. Notability is simply a PDF reader. So whenever I have a book sent to me, uh, if it's not already a PDF, I open it in Word, save it as a PDF to a Dropbox folder, and then upload it via the Dropbox folder into Notability, and then in that, you know, using your your pencil here. I can make notes. I can listen and catch my errors, highlight them, fix them later. Um, keep a whole, I got tons. I got 68 finished books in here. I have seven in production books here. That's about to move up to, I think I got. I have to add three more, <laughs> um, other classes I've taken, you know, uh, I took two of Pat Frehley's courses that I took when I'm throwing his name out. Cause he's pretty good. The uh, cutting edge courses he had, he had a one with him and Scott Brick and then one that was more private. Um, so I spend a few hundred dollars a year on that type of thing, coaching. Um, but the this program was like four bucks, you know. Uh, it's, a, it's a it's an app huh. and it works great,
0: works great. How do you spell Pat Freely? Uh, Jesus, let me look in here on the cutting edge. I don't
1: have it. It's it's it's. I mean, I got an email from just today from a generic email. P A T, of course. <laughs> I think it's F R A L E Y. If my email would open, I could see it. There we go. Um yeah he he does he has a lot of online but he he it's in person I mean in the sense that he he does give you feedback personally. he's, he's a pretty unique voice, so whenever he does the feedback it's pretty good and it certainly has helped me with my um, narration. Another person that's helped is always get in my head is, is again Johnny Heller's class was amazing. yeah, it's f r a l e y Patrick Fraley. He has a okay. website. Um, okay. but Heller was always that's like awesome. my my biggest problem was speed. I talked too. I hmm. went too. I always. I went too fast for for like the first half or more of my books. There was all the. If I had one common complaint that I could see in my reviews, unfortunately, most of my reviews are pretty good. It was how fast I went. So that's constant hmm. in my head. You know, slowly f down. I'll say it out loud as I'm reading sometimes because I catch it. I catch it when I do it, it, it constantly. You know, I'll, I'll read something and part of it's just as you get into it. You know, you get into the book, and then <laughs> it's sure just kinda, sure. Carries carries you away. You got to maintain a nice. I mean, there's there's appropriate times when you need to speed it up and slow it down, but there, you know, overall, you want to maintain a nice, constant, fairly slow, understandable uh, pace. You're not overwhelming the listener because if it's too fast, they're going to lose track.
0: So, do you do anything to warm up? Sometimes, uh, usually, you know,
1: by the time I get here in the afternoon after work, most days I've been talking all day anyway, so. I'll do I'll do the red yellow leather yellow bleh, So I can't even do it now. Red red leather yellow leather because that's a good one that gets your mouth loosened up a little bit. Or I'll just do little movements with my jaw, um, just to, so I articulate. Sometimes I'm when I'm reading and you know, I talk to myself all the time. My wife hears me, my kids hear me. Sometimes I yell at myself because I make mistakes. Like the same line five times, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it happens. So um, uh, yeah, I mean it's just stuff like that that helps you get into the right mood get into the right. Speaking uh, the articulation, you got to do it because I'll I'll read sometimes and it's I'll hear it. I'm like, "The hell was I saying?" It's not it doesn't it sounds like I'm drunk, you know. So hmm. it's because I I just kind of slurred through it. Why I don't know. It just
0: happens. <laughs> Have you ever felt like you're not in the right mood to record? Yeah, oh well, yeah. Sometimes you just not. It's just not happening. Usually I'm
1: I'm lucky unless I'm sick, which is not often. Thank goodness. I'll come in here in the afternoon after work and I'm maybe tired we're just not in the mood and I'll start it. I'm like, this is not working to hell with it. I'll I'll just be done. You know, I'm not gonna do it. There was a time earlier this year, late last year, I had no books. It was a rare Island of nothing. Um, stuff I knew was coming, but nothing in, in possession. And it was nice actually, because it was nice just to go to work and come home and not have anything, not have anything to do. Um, because again, this takes up a lot of my free time, if you will. So I was nice to have a rest, but, now I'm at, I'm at the point where I've got what did I say I got one two three four five six yeah seven seven books that are in, at various stages either I have received them they're coming I've started them um, wow that's so a lot yeah so I, everything that comes now is not probably gonna get done till August because it just takes I don't have the time if I was a full time guy yeah, I could get it done and I could get seven books probably done in a month but not not with the now with working full time and the kids and all that stuff so.
0: Weekends and nights. How do you prioritize them? Um, is it FIFO, or do you say no? This is a bigger author; probably should get that one out quicker. Or how do it you depends. Do
1: it? For the, the easiest first delineation is per finished hour or not. Per finished hour titles move to the front of the line always, and most of the people I work with know that. But because if, you're, if I'm doing royalty share, I'm not getting paid unless the book is like really hot, like it's a hot seller. You know, you you look at the Amazon sales rank, and that kind of gives you an mm-hmm. idea of how the book is doing. So anything below ten thousand is good. If it's below five thousand is really good. If it's below a thousand it's freaking awesome. So you want to get that one done quick before the iron gets cool on that one. So if those you those you might those might fight with the per finished hour book. Generally speaking though, I don't have that issue. Most of the you know, if I see what they're selling there's they're so so good, whatever. Um, but finished hour ones will go to the front of the list. So I might have one coming the next couple three months, but by then most of these things will be cleared. I'll have Paradox Slaughter probably done in, in the next 10 days or so. And then I'll move on to this book called Zombie Annihilation, which is the second book. The last one's called Zombie, Armaged- Zombie Armageddon. So that the next one is Zombie Annihilation. I'm looking at it right now. Um, so I'll start that after that. I have the third third part of a romance series to finish. It's short, but I got to do it. I got the sixth book of a romance series. That's, uh, uh, told him, August. Xandri uh, sent me two. One called the Pathological Collections, short of stories, and the next Steve Jobs book. Those are not probably not going to be seen in the light of day till August, depending on my time frame. It all depends. If if a, if a finished pre finished hour book comes in between now and then, then those all get pushed back because I'd rather get paid for sure hmm. than paid maybe. And they know that. I mean, it's a gamble for everybody,
0: you know. So what have you seen from the from the industry itself? Um, are you finding the audiobooks are actually selling better than the physical books now, or?
1: You know, that's a good question.
0: How's that? I think it's, I, I know it's
1: growing for sure. Um, I think like for myself, I don't read much anymore either. I mean, again, it's time. So like you, you know, if I'm running on the treadmill or walking or running, whichever one I'm doing, or on my I have a max trainer. I use that too. I'm listening to a book, not music. If I'm in the car going most places, I'm listening to a book, not the radio anymore. Um, you know, that, that, so yeah, it's just easier and it's more enjoyable, frankly, uh, most of the time to, to, to listen. Nowadays, if I find out when I read more than a few pages, I get sleepy. Other than when I'm doing this, it's kind of weird, right? I'm <laughs> sitting here, I read a book here, I'm fine. I guess because in my mind I'm working and I'm trying to get stuff done and done right. But if I'm reading whatever on my iPad or an actual physical book, then I just, I start to get right. sleepy. I don't know what it is, but. I think that's a lot of people these days so they like audiobooks so as I, as far as I know I can't tell you about regular books or kindle books stuff like that but I know that the audiobook industry is is growing um I don't have percentages but I'm a member of the audio publishers association so they have um they put out data every year um, the last one I saw was more growth more growth that's a good thing thanks to
0: iPhones Well um I found this to be my case. Um, I actually retain more information when I listen to a book than when I physically read it. Have, have you ever seen mm-hmm. any studies on that? Or no,
1: I haven't actually. It's yeah, I don't know. You know,
0: it's it's hard to say. I mean,
1: the last series I ever actually read, other than for audiobooks, was probably, was probably a Harry Potter series back in the back. You know, whenever it came out, last in two thousand five or six. But. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, and I'm sure there's somebody who looks at the studies of it. I've only done a few nonfiction books. Actually, I've only done one nonfiction book, and it was about blockchain technology. Um, and it was very short. I just kind of did it for, as I say, shits and giggles, just for fun. I wanted to see if I could get a nonfiction book, and the guy liked it, and so I did it. And it was short, but um, and it was royalty share. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if people retain. I guess every, everybody's different. You know, Some people learn more with doing, and other people learn more with reading. I'm sure it's the same with retention. Some people read it and they retain it and others don't unless they hear it. But I don't
0: know. Good one. Which books do you wish you could narrate? I mean, is there any particular one out there that you would just love? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good
1: question. I I don't know. I haven't really thought. I'm so busy trying to get the books that I'm trying to get. <laughs> I haven't really thought about a book. I mean, I know a book like, say, like a Harry Potter book. That would be so hard. You know, I think Jim Dale, the guy who, who actually read those, is a, Came up with so many voices, and I'm sure it just took so much effort. And, you know, there's like a line where you know, hey, I'd love to do this book, there's only like three characters. And there's a line where you're like, I don't want to do that book, it's got like 85 characters in it. And to keep track of them all, pain in the ass, you know, especially <laughs> if they've got distinct, like Harry Potter, you can imagine those voices were probably very distinct. And I'm sure he did. um You know, I can't think of a series off to, or a book off the top of my head that I really would, you know, would die. You know, oh, I gotta get that one, that'd be awesome. Um. Yeah. It's hard to say. Oh, I don't actually have one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. Has there ever been a time that you just hate the book that you're narrating? No, not hate. Um, I'm trying to think of,
1: there's been a, I guess there've been a couple that I'm like, this is, this ain't so great. Um, but you know, I'll do it the best I can, though. I don't. Know, I don't think that you can tell the difference. But no, I don't think I've ever read one where I'm like, "Ugh, God, this is horrifying." Usually, you can tell. You know, if you do the audition, and again, I don't. I don't tend to do books that I don't want. You know, I don't like if I don't. I won't audition for a book I don't like. And I've only been asked by a couple of companies mm-hmm. uh, to to do them, and they seemed okay. But um, no, I've never had one where I'm like, "Oh my God, this is horrible." And I just no. I mean, I've had ones that are obviously like, like, mm, "This is okay," and I've had ones like, "This is awesome." But uh, no, I've never really hated one. <laughs> I can't use the word hate with any of them,
0: not yet. That's good. And I, I guess you read ahead of time. You say, "No, nah, this this just isn't going to do it for me." Well, for auditions, yeah. I mean, the two I auditioned for—one
1: was, uh, uh, you know, like a thriller type, which is which are, which are good. And the other was sort of a magical, sort of type, which I haven't done a lot of, and I I would like to do more. Another. Uh, Again, all the genres, another big genre out there that sells well is this lit RPG. You ever heard of that one? It's kind of new, isn't it? Or, yeah, or it's not, not it's fairly new, but uh, there's a guy named I think his name is Jeff Hayes. He does it he's a he does a ton of those. He he's really good at them, I guess. He does a thing called Sound Boo Theater. Um, and he he'll do it, you know, even with a person or just by himself, he'll do the books. But he's a really big name in that one. He but he really is good at it. But it's it's just games. It's like these it's like these games, like the kids play Fortnite or whatever. Somehow, they're the fiction is they become part of the game. So it's you know lit real, real, real person gaming. I think is what the RPG stands for, real person gaming, and they're in the game. And there's points, and you read the different skills, it's like Dungeons and Dragons sort of stuff. But yeah, it I I haven't done one. I wouldn't mind doing one. But that's a big that's a big genre in the sci-fi sort. Of, I guess it's sort of sci-fi. Actually, it's lit RPG. It's not even sci-fi. It's its own. I think it's legitimately mm. its own genre. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's. That's an interesting. Uh, I'd like to try to do one of those. Be nice.
0: Let's go. Cool. What? Um, what's one of the? Um, or what is the most common non-book thought that comes into your head while you're reading, other than slow down? <laughs> my uh, non. I mean, it's either. It's either. If
1: almost often there's somebody home, so for my 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 thoughts are always occupied in the back of my mind. One, who the hell's going to flush the toilet or thump around on the steps? And two, <laughs> is my stomach going to growl? It's time. There's a certain time of day where I can record and everything is good. And there's other times of the day it's just not going to happen because my mic's, you know, the mic I'm talking to you on now is a uh, Sennheiser MKH-416. And I've recorded a few books on it, but I think it's more of a sort of a broadcast straight, you know, this Friday, coming to theaters near you. It's one of those types of mics. The microphone mm-hmm. I use to record most of my books over the last couple of years since I got it is this um, Neumann TLM 49, which is a wonderful mic. Um, but it picks up, but they both, they both pick up everything. So, you know, the 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 Sennheiser is 10, 10, 12, uh, easily a foot and a half from the thing. If I tap, you can hear that and my stomach. And that's way, it's mm. a foot and a half away. I mean, they're very sensitive. So if my stomach makes any noise. They're
0: condensers then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the Sennheiser I just got last uh, fall to complete my quote mic lock. It's more like a mic box. It's two mics. Um, I've had several mics over time. Um and I think the ones I have now are the ones I'll have forever as long as they work and if they die. They're expensive, but worth every penny. The 49 is more than paid for itself. Um uh with the books I've done because most of the books I've done since I've gotten bigger co- bigger contracts if you will and better sales have been with that mic. Uh the hmm. 40 the, the, the MKH 416 is is a nice mic. I just wanted one because they're great. Um Cause it's like I said, is what I'm talking to you on now. And there's no, there's nothing on here. There's no mastering. There's no filter. There's it's just me and the mic, so it's raw sound. And I think, and I'm listening to you know, just like you with headphones on now. And you see me with my headphones on. Um, right. I think I sound good on this microphone. So it's a good mic. I'm just not 100 percent sure it's great for audiobooks. At least for me, I think the 49 hits that bill. But I've gone through you know a few mics. I start out with that perception I talked about. Then I got a, how was it a CAD. E100, Equitech, e, it's an E100S, which is, a loved mic, but.
0: They're the quiet ones, aren't they? The Cads are. Oh, they're real quiet. Yeah, 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 it was it sounded nice, but
1: the one I had started having an issue, it, it was sort of static or something, so I had to send it back, and I used the other mic in the in the short term, and, and then I ended up buying the, uh, but I got it, I mean, I got it, and I ended up selling it on uh, eBay, I think, and then I got a Lewitt LCT, I want to say 640, and that mic had a bunch of different settings. You could do uh, the, the cardoid sort of style or a figure eight or an Omni. It, it was a neat sort of mic. You could set noise floors on it. And it, was, it wasn't a bad mic. I recorded a number of books on that one. But after a time, you know, you start to get that lust for electronics. You know, you know, guys love electronics. So you're like, mm, <laughs> what kind of mic can I get next? What would be a good one? So I did some research and looking around and trying to say, okay, I'm going to spend my money on one good mic. What's it going to be? And it went from the TLM-102, TLM-103, the TLM 49. And what sold me on the 49 was that Johnny Heller workshop, the studio that we went at, it's called bias studios and it's in Springfield here. Um, as we're doing our thing, it was probably about 20 people in the, in the, in the workshop, they had these TLM 49s and I'm, I'm listening to it as I'm reading. I'm like, God damn, I sound good on this. This is a good mic. And so, <laughs> so I started looking and researching and, you know, convinced my wife to let daddy buy a new toy. So, but it works. It uh, does its job. It's, it- it's paid for itself.
0: Isn't it all relative to you as well? Like Mm -hmm. a mic might sound fantastic for a particular person's voice and sound really not as good for yours, et cetera. Absolutely. It's very
1: personalized.
0: A lot of it's the room too. I mean,
1: I think I've done, and this room has been redone because I had a, again, my saga is on YouTube channel. I had a a water leak that just, I came in here one day. Fortunately, I was at the end of the book. So I only had to record like a chapter or two. I walked in the room and it was like, the hell is that smells musty what is that and I and I looked on the floor the floorboard and there was a little there's a as you as you people can't see but you're looking at me now opposite me on the other side behind the monitor there is a wall and that wall faces the outer of the house and and there's a faucet for the outside outside faucet and there was a slow drip leak yeah slow drip leak that I kind of ignored thought I had set this the faucet just right I hadn't and it I guess it accelerated and it just the whole I had to I basically had basically take the whole thing apart. So fortunately I was done with the book. I didn't have a ton of books. So I lost a whole week because I had to rip the wall out, uh, dry it off, re- fix the, the, the faucet, which I did it was an easy fix, but I had to fix it and then get the drywall, get some of the equipment I needed to do it, drywall it. But in the end, it cost me about $250 to do it. And I did it myself. And then, and then I, uh, and that includes, I think the new, um, what do you call it? The, uh, Oralex type padding that I put up, uh, I don't know if it sounds any better or different than the last time, but that was, that was a pain in the ass. But it goes back to your room. My room is pretty good, but if the kids walk up and down the stairs or you flush the toilet or something like that, it's, this will pick it up. Um, if a big truck rolls by 80 feet down because my driveway is 80 feet long on this mm. road. And it's not a main road, and thank God I'm further back. But larger vehicles, motorcycles, buses, um, yeah, I got to stop or it might affect the sound a little bit. and You can hear it, that rumbling. And there's nothing I can do about that. So someday, maybe, uh, mama lets me down the road. Maybe when I retire and can do this full time or we do a renovation one or the other, I can get a real isolated studio that's either not connected to the house or like a studio bricks type thing or a whisper room type thing where you're you're not, you know, it's a true isolated booth, which is what I need.
0: What would you recommend for um, somebody who really wants to try out um, becoming a narrator? What kind of rig would you recommend, you know, on a budget? Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I
1: like the Apple products in terms of the computer, but you don't need that. You can, you can use a, a PC, uh, an inexpensive PC. Um, I've rigged mine up so that it's separate from there. If you have a room where you can get it all in one, you know, I have like this extra monitor that I have in front of me and the, the, the actual hardware, the stands. You, you could do that. But if you have a room that's in the right spot, you know or just a closet you can probably use do a closet that would probably work you need something to set your you know some kind of thing to read off of so an ipad or a kindle or something that that can that can do that that you can mark up um a microphone you know I, I, there are cheap microphones i there's a i think the road nan n1a or something that people like that one um there's a guy named mike jolly 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 up in massachusetts up at cape cod i think he does Mics that kind of emulate the really expensive mics for like five hundred bucks. um I got one. Hmm. Mine had an issue. I sent it back, and he was cool about it. And you know how sometimes you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna get the name brand. But I've heard nothing but good things about them generally. So that was just maybe my bad luck. I'm not putting him down at all. um But you could get that, or you could just get the road. I think it's like a hundred and twenty. I mean, one hundred and fifty, two hundred bucks. There are kits out hmm. there. The Scarlet used to be two I, 2i, two I, one A or something. It's a Scarlet audio product less than 200 bucks or about thereabouts. Uh, I think you could get something. I have a Scarlett solo. That, that's maybe that was it. Yeah. And you sound fine. So that maybe that's what it is. Um, I had a Scarlet with a PreSonus tube pre V or something on there that kind of amped up the sound a little bit and made it a little more rich. Um, if you have a ma- a moderate budget, you know, if you want to roll the dice, you know, you don't need the TLM 49. That's a lot of money, but I think the Rode N1A or whatever it is would probably be a good mic. I think uh, Audio Technica has a couple of mics under $300 that are probably pretty good. And then the Apollo is awesome, but it's like five, 600 bucks. So probably that Scarlett, um, they have some nice setups too. The Scarlett has some group, I mean, some package deals with the microphone, the, the actual interface. You just have to have the computer and a place
0: to record. Yeah, I, sp- I misspoke. I misspoke. My Scarlett um, Solo is the um, actual interface. The, the microphone is a Shure SM7B. Yeah, I think that's the other one,
1: the one you're talking about now, the one you're using right now. I think that's another one of those that's uh, often talked about. You know, again, Facebook, YouTube, Facebook has groups um, where you can find all this stuff out and get opinions. There's tons of websites that provide info. Like you said, it's not necessarily the, it's the mic, it's the voice, it's the voice and the mic together. It's the room. Is the room done upright? Because you could have the best mic and you could have a $3,000 Neumann, what is it, UI 87 or something, U87i and a crappy room. And it's going to sound like crap, you know, or you could have a two, or $300 mic in an awesome room and then you could sound just as good as a guy with a $3,000 mic. It all depends. But the mic can't make you perform any better. That's the other thing. If you can't do it or you don't sound so good because you just don't sound so good, it doesn't matter what kind of equipment you have. So some kind of coaching or training. I, I did a few coaching sessions with that guy, a because he was local and they were fine. But then I got into this audio thing and got so busy with it, I dropped the coaching I just didn't have time. Um, and then I've done a couple of coaching sessions with a woman named Mary Lynn Wisinger uh, out in LA over Skype and it was good. It Was for my commercial stuff. Um, and she was great and brutally honest, but not in a bad way. just she said, I probably need more acting lessons that I sound good in some things, but you know, you want that, you want that overall consistency. So I said, you know what? I'm going to back off this for a little bit for now and just stick to the books and maybe do more books uh, coaching with audiobooks, which is why I'll do the Of fostering characters course in the next few months, because it's not cheap. So Mm. what do you you know? Where do you spend your money? Where do you spend your money? Where do you spend your money? How much do you want to spend? Um, I would recommend if you want to do it, you maybe incorporate. You know, do an LLC. I did that when I before I got my first book. I I was sure I was going to do something, so I made an LLC here in Virginia. I set it up through the state, you know, and got my the name. I have two websites, one for me, one for the other guy. Um. The one for the other guy is a little less, uh, <laughs> a little less uh, done up. It's nice. I mean, but it's not all, you know, I think there's, it's Wix. Uh, Wix is a great, um, what do you call it? Uh, provider, I guess, host, website host, or whatever. They do a good thing. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so, hold on one second. Yeah. Somebody was calling me and I accidentally hit the wrong button and hung up on them. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So, anyway. Um. Yeah. So I mean, you how, got to think you, of all those things. All those things: website, computer, microphone, audio interface, the space you're gonna do, and then
0: do you have a plan? Okay. And how would you say that they should? Um. Get started. Uh, you know, uh, in start terms reading. Of training. What? 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 Focus yeah. On?
1: Okay. First, maybe a couple of books. There's books out there on how to do. You know, uh, what's really you know again brutally, brutally honest books that um. Talk about what you need to do. I I do not sell myself as an expert. I do not sell myself as somebody who knows a ton of stuff about this business. I know enough, um, you know, about doing it for me. And, you know, there are guys like there's a guy named Jeff Kafer, Jeffrey Kafer. Um, he's out. I think he, he used to be in like the Northeast, but now he's out in, in L.A. He, his story is, and you can find him on YouTube. His story was, I think he got laid off or something from IBM or somebody. And he started doing this and now it's his full time career. And he's one of the people that people go to. He's a very well known, very well respected, very smart business guy. Um he has a course or a I don't know if it's a course, it's more like a session, um, to learn about the business. And he's he's brutally and frank and very honest. I've never done one with him. I did buy one of his um 20, like twenty bucks or something. It was like a, a twenty-minute, thirty-minute sort of audio seminar about choosing books and that kind of thing. But he's really good at the business side of this. And that's what people have to remember. If you really want to do this, there's several things you have to think about. It's one, it is a business. It's, it's, you know, I I call it a hobbyist because my wife says it's not a business. It's a hobby. I'm like, well, no, it makes money. So it's not really a hobby. So I I combined it. It's a hobby. (laughs) It's a hobby. That's sort of a business. And again, I'm, I'm lucky. I have a, you know, I have a pretty good paying job. So does she. So if I stopped doing this today, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be happy, but you know, wouldn't affect us in the least. Whereas there are others who this is their bread and butter. There's, there's no other, there is no other income. But there are plenty of people like me. But it's still a business, so you have to look at it that way and have some kind of plan. You know, I have the websites, like I said, I incorporated with the state. You know, it's ABW Voiceovers LLC is how it's listed in the state. Even though it's mostly audiobooks, I, I just have that name. I had a logo made. um, I have a bank account that's a strictly a business account. I have a business credit card. Um, you know, I keep track of all that. And we do our taxes, of course. Uh, it's separate. There's a, there's, it's, you know, for somebody like me who doesn't make, a, you know, tons of money, like some people, it's easy to put that as part of your regular income tax. But these are all the things you have to consider, you know, your taxes. So every check I get, every audio, uh, what do you call it, royalty thing I get the month, every t- I take 30% pretty much. Just if it's for a thousand bucks, then I'm keeping 700 and 300 go to the commercial savings account. That's part of the business account because you got to pay taxes. Mm. So you just can't keep it all. Look at, I got to, you know, how much did you make last year? I made, made $50,000. And how much you take out for taxes? Taxes. You know, <laughs> no, you can't it. You got to, you got to uh-huh, take it yeah. out. Now they say you pay quarterly. You know, I don't do that, but if it was a business where I didn't have nothing else, I would pay quarterly probably, but we just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't really affect our taxes that much. And if, as long as we pay them in the end, we pay them. Um, excuse me. So there's that end of it. And that's just the business side of it. How are you going to do that? And then again, like you talked about, you asked me about the microphone, the equipment, how much to start with. You could start easily, I think, with less than a thousand for equipment when you put it all together, you know, cables, microphone, microphone stand, a computer. But, um, so that's that end of it. And then you got to think about the informational part, the coaching of their books, uh, one called Make Money in Your PJs. I can never get the guy's name right. His last name is like Straderwika or something. He's from the Netherlands. He puts out good advice. There's no lack of advice out there from people who are truly doing this and making a real living at it, who know what they're doing from experience and from just everyday doing it. Um, And that's where I went. Like I said, the Karen commons site for audiobooks is just a million FAQs on her site. I think her last name, I think it's Karen and it's C O M M I N S. Um, If you type that into Google, it'll come up and she has the page and you can find it. And just an encyclopedia of information and the Colin Firth video about directing and that kind of thing. And you, 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 if you don't find the info, you're just not looking hard enough, but you have to do that before you try to jump headlong into this, because there's a lot, you know, I don't know everything by any stretch. And I have a lot to learn still you know, more coaching to do. It never ends. It's a lot.
0: It, is the industry starting to uh, get um, saturated? Like a lot of narrators out there. A lot of <laughs> I, I, I would guess. Yeah. Yes. And
1: no. I mean, yeah, sure. It's lots of people want to do this. Fine, let them. I don't care because I'm I'm only competing with me. If if I get picked and I get picked enough that I don't care. Um if if I had like I said if I had to do this full-time, I would spend more time and money on more coaching and more stuff like that and and going to these mixers and you know, voiceover Atlanta, APAC in New York, stuff like that. And I would make myself more and better known and I would do fine because I think I have the and I'm not boasting, but I have the talent to do it and the, and, the, and the ability. Some people don't. They might have a terrible voice, but they just might not be able to do the acting part or, you know, any number of reasons. So, and there's a lot of those people in there. I hear, you know, you hear them. And, and I was that way too when I started in terms of how I sounded. My sound today is way better than it was six years ago. I mean, obviously you learn in over a hundred books, you know, I'm all, I was Audible approved about 23 books in. I, I, I said, eh, I'm going to try. And I got approved early. Now, it used to be more of a big deal to get Audible approved. Now it's not so much, um, not that hard to do because they're not judging you on your acting or sales or anything like that. They're just judging you on your sound. So if you can put together a moderately decent rig, make it sound nice and not screw up a ton, you know, get a few books, show them, hey, I've got 20 books here. I look at them. I sound good. And they'll look at it and they'll say, yeah, he's good. Here's your check. So you get the Audible check, which you, <laughs> you want it. You want it. You know, you want mm-hmm. that because without it, you're probably not going to get much uh, quality work. Because people, if I'm an author, I'm not going to pick somebody without the the check. You know, I want somebody who's at least, the very minimum, okay, well, at least they're Audible certified or qualified, so they're Audible approved narrator. I I would like that at least. Um, The problem authors have those, they don't realize how much this costs and time and effort, and they tell you how they, it's a great book, it's selling well, but you look at the sales numbers on the Kindle side, which is really more telling than anything, and, you know, they're in the 200,000, I'm like, well, you may think it's selling well, Mm -hmm. but it ain't. And it's really not going to be worth my effort because the audiobook version is not going to sell. It's going to be kind of on par with your book sales, more than likely. And that's not going to be great. So it's, it's, hmm. it's all that. It's a whole ball of, the whole ball of wax when you think about doing this. It's just not something you can jump into and know that by, you know, I'm going to start today. It's April. It's April so it's May 1st next Tuesday or whatever. I'm going to start on May 1st. <laughs> and by, by, by the end of the summer, I'm going to be in the money and selling books. No, I got lucky. First book, opened the door, and then the stuff started coming, and I've done well over, you know, over my time. Not as well as others, but I think for me, I've done pretty good. But that's not everybody's story, you know, and and, and it's probably not going to be the majority of stories. So that's something somebody has to think about. You are not going to make a awesome living where you're going to buy a mistake and a yacht and a Maserati in the first couple of years of doing this. It's going to take a long time, a lot of effort, and it can be very tedious. Well, I think you could. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. I think you've got a huge future and I'm obviously going to be looking for every book that comes down the line. Yours is a name. I go, uh, am I going to try the book Is it a thriller? Yeah. Who's reading it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll get that. Um, <laughs> where can that. people find you?
1: Well, of course there's the abwvoiceovers.com site, um, which has a few demos and it that links to a lot of my social media stuff. Um, I have a YouTube channel, which is Half Goofy, Half Me is, well, every time I have a new book, and this is probably not worth time, but I do it anyway because it's something I like to do. I put together what I call audiobook trailer. It really isn't a trailer. It's new announcement, new book, picture of the book, you know, the cover, and then where it's available, and then who mm. wrote, who read it. And it's just, it's just, a, it's just a sample, but it's visual format. You know, you can just listen to it on, on YouTube instead of going to the other channel. And it links to the Audible sales site and to the um, Amazon sales site. I don't know how to do it with iTunes, so I don't. But um it it links to those sites. Um of course I'm on Audible. You can just type in W E H R L E N and anything I've done should pop up over all all books. And I, I I don't know how many this is probably like eighty something, because I think out of that hundred and three that are currently out there, two wow two twenty or so are probably in that romance category. So I let people find those on their own. Uh, um, just, just because <laughs> I given what I do and it's people so I short. know I yeah, I just it's a, it's sort of a, see how well I can do as a as a as and I've done pretty good. I mean the reviews there are good too. So you know if, if I was at a different position, maybe I would publicize that more, or I would have just done it under my own name. Um, but depends on who you are and what you do, what you're comfortable with. If you want to do it one way, and I had one lady go, "That's you? Oh my god! I should have known that was you." I can't, oh. you know, she was uh, <laughs> cr- cross cross referencing two different stories. That that Jeff Capra guy has a thing called audiobook boom. So you do it, people freely request the book for reviews and so i do it then you know, obviously i think you know about that one so you do it that way and you get reviews and which which is truly the life the lifeblood of any book whether it's written or audio i think is the reviews you know obviously the better the better but yeah. if you got no reviews it's gonna hurt your sales uh in, in, i think in, yeah i think in all genres i mean the best-selling books go to amazon just i invite anybody out there to go to amazon go to the kindle store whatever pick a pick a book you know to, uh, jake bible just comes to head because of the, because I'm doing his book now, but pick any author, and look at the number of ratings, and then go down a little bit where they talk the page number, date published. There's something that says that there's the Kindle sales rank, and that's that's the measure. If yeah. I, I guarantee the more ratings the book has, the higher the numbers. So if it's got like you know 500 ratings, it probably it's probably selling in the in the low thousands or in the hundreds, uh, which is what you want. But um, and those people are you know to me. It's whole, those people make, I wish I could write a book that sold because they make bank. If you're selling, if you're in like in the hundreds, low below thousand and your book's going for two you're probably pulling down five figures a month from Amazon in terms of sales. Wow. Um, that's amazing. I used to look at that and you could see how much author, and the more books you have, obviously, the more your name gets out, the more you sell. But if you're like, if your book is, I think if you sell it for 99 cents, you get, 37 cents or something out of that sale. I think something along those lines, hmm. but if you sell it for two ninety-nine, you get 70% of it. I think there's a magic line. Oh, okay. I looked, yeah. So because I wrote a couple of silly books that, that I haven't finished yet, I have a, the third book, the last book of the series is sitting in my computer, like 70% done. And cause I don't have time. Um, they yeah, weren't well, great. You had silos. a narrator. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually I, I made a <laughs> mistake. and narr- I narrated my own books, which is probably something you shouldn't do either. Um, which is another really? thing. Don't narrate don't narrate your own book. It's probably smarter to have, I guess, unless you're a big class A, what do you call it? Not class A, A-list comedian. They tend to narrate their own books, but uh, they were fiction books and I either, I should have had them either professionally edited. I mean, they're not horrible, but um, hmm. yeah, I tried my hand at that because again, if you, it's amazing, you can, you know, if you're only in it to make money and if you write something of quality, they, if they sell well, you, yeah, you can make thousands of dollars a month. Um via, uh, the Kindle store. I mean, there's, there are avenues. It's a lot of work to write a book, but there are avenues out there for folks who are interested in being creative, whether it's doing what I do or writing. And there are just as many resources for writers out there. Um, and they don't have to be, they don't have to be Hemingway. (laughs) They don't have to be, uh, you know, that kind of quality book. It can be any, anything that's, um, just entertaining. I like books that are entertaining. The books I read on Kindle were not what you would call, you know, Heavy thinking books, huh. but they entertain me. You know, they 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 I enjoyed them, so I was happily willing to pay ninety nine cents or three bucks to enjoy a story. So if you can write a book like that, and it hits, you know, it gets this. Think about how many people use Amazon, how many people have e readers. That's true. So if you if you write if you write one book at two ninety nine, and it sells two hundred thousand copies around the planet, not just the United States but around the world, you know, you do the math if you're getting. Even if you're getting a dollar fifty out of two hundred thousand books, do the math. So yeah, there's there's avenues out there. There are avenues out there for folks who may not be great at reading but might be pretty good at writing.
0: So that's well, cool so to have, have some hope. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on. Um, sure, love to maybe for having me revisit the topic in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If I ever get a, if I get like a contract through a big author someday or a big publishing house or. My ultimate goal, and I'm not about awards or anything, but I would love to be at least nominated for one of those audios someday. You know, that'd be awesome. That, oh, yeah. that would tell me that I, that would tell me I've made it. <laughs> I don't care how many sales I have. Yeah. But if I got nominated for one of those, I'd be like, damn it, I think I've, I've actually made it. Um, but that's, it ain't easy because there's a ton of us and, and there are really good narrators out <laughs> there way better than, way better than me. Um, but the key is you have to learn from them and and just do your best. Awesome.
0: Hey everyone, Eric here. I want to thank you again so much for listening. I know your time is valuable, so I really appreciate you taking some. If you like what you hear, please spread the word. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Unstructured P, as in podcast. Also, you can review the podcast in whichever app you use. It really helps a bunch to spread the word. Thanks again.